Welcome to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast featuring top business leaders. You're about to see how people just like you have written books to build their businesses. Hi, I'm Dan Janelle, your host. I've written 12 books that have been translated into six languages. Now I'm busy helping subject matter experts write their books as a ghostwriter, book coach, and developmental editor. You can find more about how I can help you at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Now, let's welcome today's guest, Paul Ross. Great to be on the show with you and great to be speaking to your listeners as they're listening to me speaking. I'm not sure at which points during this interview they'll stop and find themselves thinking, wow, this is really great value. But as that's taking place, I'm honored to be sharing what we're going to learn on this journey together today. Fantastic. Thank you, Paul. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about you and what you're currently up to? Well, I am... I have 30 years experience as a hypnotist, a master practitioner and trainer of neurolinguistic programming or NLP. We can get into more about what that is. I'm also a failed comedy writer. I wrote one of the worst movies ever made. So if you don't laugh at my jokes today, I'm used to it. And I've just written a book the last nine months. I did a rewrite on it called subtle words that sell how to get your prospects to convince themselves to buy. And it had top dollars to your bottom line. So it's a really catchy title. And I think when you do write a book, as I think everyone should, you have to make sure that the title really conveys the benefit and the hook right away. So if I called it using the power of your words to get your prospects to want to buy from you for very good reasons, that's nice. But when you say how to get your prospects to convince themselves to buy – Wow, that really appeals to people who don't want to have to feel salesy or that they're pushing a pressure. Fantastic. You're giving us great advice, even in your introduction. Uh, thank you very much. You know, during the green room, uh, we talked about mindset issues. And when prospects come to me, and especially a lot of people probably listening to the show, they're, they're, they don't have the confidence to write a book. They say things like, well, there are 50 other books on this topic. Who am I to write this book, even though I know a book will help me? What would you say to them to convince them uh, and to adopt a better frame of mind so they can write the book? Because they well, do there's have a couple of things. A, a couple of things. First of all, you have to have a book. If you're, there's no absolutes in this world, but it really helps tremendously. If, as I, if you like me, are a speaker or a coach of any kind, having a book is a tremendous credentializer. The ability to say, if I'm on an airplane flight uh, and someone sitting next to me. They ask me, what do you do? And I say, oh, I'm an author. Wait a minute. I'll get you a book out of my bag. That's tremendously impressive. I've generated a lot of business from that if I just had to go into my spiel without a book. So if you want to stand out, you have to have a book. It's like walking into a boardroom, a medium CEOs. We're all wearing suits and ties and you're wearing a jeans and a T-shirt. It doesn't work. You've got to have that book to identify yourself to say, hey, I'm a person who's got some gravitas, some weight on this topic and on the subject. doesn't mean your book has to be serious. And uh, I have a good sense of humor, even though I said I don't. Mm-hmm. I failed as a comedy writer for movies. I can still write fairly funny as a book. Okay? I'm, funny. I'm sure you can. Cool. And, so how do we change the mindset? Well, this is very interesting. I have some unique insights into this. See, I started my career 30 years ago, of all things, as a dating coach. And I coach guys who are 30, 40, 50 years old who never had a date in their life. And so as you can imagine, 
these people had some serious troubles with their mindset, their confidence, their sense of worthiness, their sense of deservingness, their sense of what made things possible for them to achieve in the world. And one of the things I would always do with them is to get them to change how they were using their language. For example, if they would say something like, why do I always fail when I go to talk to a pretty woman? I would get them to look at that language. So when you ask questions like, why do I always fail or why can't I do something? Is your mind looking at solutions or is it looking at the problem? Oh, it's looking at the problem. Exactly. Now, here's a universal law of the mind that I just made up. <laughs> the mind can't tell the difference between what you're focusing on and what you're telling it, what you're rehearsing it to do next. So if you focus on something, it's not that you're a thing called a self-saboteur or you have a lack of some mysterious substance called self-esteem and someone needs to pour a quart into your head. It's that you have a very bad learning strategy. You're attempting to learn from your past. But when you ask why questions, why can't I get something done? Your mind is focusing on the problem. And your mind cannot tell the difference between what you focus on and what you're giving it to rehearse. And it can't tell the difference between what you're rehearsing and what you're programming it to do. So, of course, it's going to do the same thing the next time you're in the same context. When you dwell on mistakes, you rehearse mistakes. When you rehearse mistakes or limitations, you just program them back in. So instead of asking why questions, why can't I uh, write this book, or why can't I have enough confidence to write a book, I could encourage people to ask a magical question, a magic miracle question, which is if you woke up tomorrow, and all these limiting beliefs and bad attitudes and bad habits about, in this case, writing a book, were disappeared, gone, vanished. How would you know? And what would you begin to do differently as you claim a better set of feelings? So it's a really powerful question. If you woke up tomorrow and all these limiting beliefs were gone, how would you know? What would you do differently? And what would you claim as a different set of feelings? So we're talking about cognitions. What would you know? Mm -hmm. How would you feel differently? So feelings. And what actions would you claim for yourself? So know, feel, and do. Covering all three categories. And notice I used a very powerful word. I used the word claim. Claim is what I call an ownership word. So claim, my, and mine. So I like to use this illustration. You ever gone to a restaurant and you parked your car with a valet? Sure. Do they give you a want check? No, they give you a claim check. That's right. So what's the difference in saying I want confidence to write a book and saying I claim confidence to write a book and then add in the word my, I claim my confidence to write my book. So putting in the words claim and my are very, very powerful. They take away the distance and they make it about ownership. Claim my mind. I claim my confidence to write my book. Then we throw in some adverbs. I joyously claim my confidence to powerfully write my amazing book. So add in adverbs, and uh, mostly adverbs, but then an adjective. You see how the power multiplies when we drop in the adverbs and the adjectives? Mm -hmm. So the first sentence is, I want, I want confidence to write a book. 
I claim confidence to write my book. I claim my confidence to write my book. I joyously claim my amazing confidence to easily write my fantastic book. Do you see how it feels different? Oh, definitely. Just by re- language is incredibly powerful. I, I have an ulterior motive whenever I speak or teach or do broadcasts like these. My first motive, of course, is to teach and offer value. But my ulterior motive is I want people to fall in love. I want them to fall in love with the power of language, the transformational power of language to either free your world or freeze it, to turn stumbling blocks into stepping stones and pain into passion. I am madly in love with language. This is always my ulterior motive. I want everyone to have the same mistress, if you will, as me, which is <laughs> mother mother grammar. I was the kid in grade school who loved diagramming sentences. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I don't know if they do that now the, in the new young generation, but we used to do that. I loved it. I loved doing it. I would stay after the recess spell thinking, like, where are more sentences to diagram? <laughs> I would write out other sentences and diagram them at home. I'd run around chasing my older brother, Alan, with Ripley's Believe It or Not. Remember that book? Oh, sure. I, hey, Alan, did you know a man in India sat on a hen's egg for 10 days and it hatched a live chicken and with two heads? And, and then I would also run around with sentences I diagrammed. I drove him up a wall. That and I broke my little brother Stevie's toys. So I alienated both brothers, but we're close to this day. So now, now that people have uh, gotten over their inabilities or their fears of writing a book, let's talk about your books and how you've used your books to market yourself and use your books as a big business card. After the book is done, what do you do to get clients from your book? First thing I do is I put it on my speaker webpage mm-hmm. so people can see that I'm an author. But the second thing is when my assistant sends out queries to uh, event coordinators, we also will attach a PDF picture of my book. You understand? Mm-hmm. And I'll, they'll say Paul is a speaker, trainer, and author of the book, Subtle Words That Sell. And then there'll be a PDF picture in the email that goes out. It's also part, I believe, of my one sheet for podcasters. Mm-hmm. I believe you saw it. Sure. It should have been in there if not. So I use it in that way. And then also if I'm networking, I'll say, oh, give me your uh, text this word to this number and you can get an e-copy of the book. Or you know what? I have a couple, a couple right here in my bag. I always do my very best. I have 50 of them. I just got a box of 50. I always keep 50 books laying around and if i'm going to the networking event i'll stick 10 in my bag do you find that people want the hard copy or do they want the electronic copy they want if i'm if i meet them face to face they want the hard copy mm-hmm. for sure so people but will if, it's over, copy if it's over yeah, if it's over yeah hold it around for yeah if it's over this people want it instantly so if they're watching it or listening to a podcast they want it instantly they they want the electronic version but if they're meeting me face to face then they want the actual book. Mm-hmm. Great. How Does else, that make sense? Oh, definitely. Definitely. How else do you use the book in your marketing? Um, well, sometimes when I give a talk, if I'm pitching the event coordinator, I'll say, look, I'll tell you what, I'll also bring copies of the book for all your guests. And what we can do is normally they sell for $15 on Amazon. I'll sell you 50 copies for five bucks. I'll sell you 50 copies for five bucks each. 
So it's another $250, but everyone there will get a free copy of the book. You can roll that into your budget, can't you? Mm-hmm. So I get a little bit of extra money. Just I'm not there for the money, but it also credentializes me. And by the principle of reciprocity, oh, wow, Paul is adding value. Paul is giving something to us. It makes me appear that much more valuable as a, a speaker to the audience. Definitely. Uh, And it makes the event coordinator look better. When you're booking speeches, the number one thing is event coordinators want to look good. Mm -hmm. That's just how it goes. How else do you make event coordinators look good? I'm a hell of a great speaker. (laughs) Without a doubt. Um, uh, Any other tips on how to make event coordinators look good? You better deliver what you say you're going to deliver. Be easy to work with. Do not be a prima donna. Show up early. Mm -hmm. Show up early. Champion, show up early. That's one thing I learned from a terrible self-improvement seminar that wound up kicking me out. I hated it. But the one thing I learned that they said is champion, show up early. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm just curious. You mentioned you wrote a a movie. Is this a movie we've heard of or? God, I hope not. You're really (laughs) going to make me tell you. You can watch it with someone you hate. Or if you want to break up with someone, make them watch this movie with you and say, I love this movie. Uh, Let's watch it again and again as our love grows, darling. The movie is called They Still Call Me Bruce. I begged them to take my name off it, which they did. They left in three of my scenes. Some critic, I don't remember who it is, called it a cinematic train wreck. (laughs) And someone else called it a celluloid abortion. (laughs) So, so what's the Hollywood process like? Do, is this something that you wish you could go back to? or Never. It, oh, my no. God. That's like asking a squirrel that got ran over. Do you want to be roadkill again? Do you want to be <laughs> reincarnated so you can be roadkill again? No. No, no. What happened is I was writing jokes for a stand-up comic, and he got the opportunity to form a production company and, do, and create his own movie based on the script. So I wrote it for him and like, 10 weeks for $750 a week. It was the most money I'd ever seen in my life. I remember calling my mom and said, mom, I'm financially independent. I'll never have to worry about money again. It was the most money I'd ever seen. I was a very young man. It was in my late twenties. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of money. To me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you self publish your books or do you go to a publisher? Yeah, so I go through Amazon. I go to, now it's KDP, mm-hmm. Amazon KDP. Yeah. I would never go to the publisher because first of all, Publishers will let things languish. This is my experience. I don't want to contradict what you say. Mm-hmm. My experience is publishers, unless you're, look, if you're Stephen King or what's the name of the J.K. Rowling, if J.K. Mm-hmm. Rowling said, you know, I think I'll do another Harry Potter book. Give me a $5 million advance. They would run. They would race through traffic with that check to get her to write that book. But otherwise, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, frankly, this is my experience. Uh, there's not a lot of money in books. This is my experience. I'm just sharing my experience. That's not what I wrote the book for. Why did you write the book? I wrote the book to express my ideas, first and foremost, because I had to tell the world what I really think. And I, I really think I have something new and unique and a different way of looking at sales. And also, again, to credentialize myself. I knew as a speaker that I had that. Thanks. I'm just taking notes here. This is great information. 
Good. You know, as we're wrapping up, you know, there are a lot of sales books out there. And I know that you you said yours is do it unique, which is great. But I know a lot of my prospects say, you know, there are only 50 books or 5,000 books on leadership or management or time management or networking or just name the genre. It goes on and on and on. You obviously have the confidence to write a book in a very crowded field. How, what did you tell yourself internally? Because I know you're very good about um, the self-talk and such to say that, yeah, there are a lot of books out there, but mine is going to be the best. Because I know I'm a genius and I'm not trying to be funny. I'm deadly serious. My mother, I come from a family of extremely brilliant people. My mm-hmm. mother encouraged me to think outside the box and I always have. And I knew that I had something from outside the box. But if you don't, you can still state it in a way through your unique voice. Uh, there's a saying in Hebrew, it's based on a song or a proverb, a proverb, excuse me, not a song. I don't remember the Hebrew, but it says there's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. I think that's not true, but largely it's true. And it, you don't have to have anything revolutionary in there. You can just slant, say something from your own unique perspective or give your own unique experience using the tried and true principle. So not everyone can be a Christopher Columbus, but everyone has a different way of sailing the boat, to use a metaphor I just came up with. Mm-hmm. That's clever. That's cool. Great. So as we wrap up here, Paul, tell us a little bit about how you work with people, um, how they can get your book, and how they might see you in person. Sure. So if you want to find out more about my speaking or how to bring me in as a trainer or a teacher to your event, I love doing it more than anything in the world. We can do it remotely through Zoom. I also... If you have a big enough check and you have the right logistics and come out to you, you can contact me through speakerpaulross.com. That's all one easy word, speakerpaulross.com. If you'd like to get an electronic copy of my book along with a complete video sales course on how to have confidence sell, how to overcome objections, and how to build profound rapport without traditional NLP techniques, it's really simple. Text the word SUBTLE, S-U-B-T-L-E, to the number 76626. I'm sure you'll have that in the show notes. I don't want to over-promote. Sure. That's 76626, and I will have And the word the SUBTLE, notes. S-U-B-T-L-E. Fantastic. And the name of the book again is? SUBTLE Words That Sell. Perfect. How to Get Your Prospects to Convince Themselves to Buy. Perfect. And add, and add top dollars to your bottom line. Fantastic. Thank you, Paul. Uh, You gave a lot of great information today, and I'm sure everyone enjoyed learning and how they can get over their own self-limiting beliefs. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Thank you to all your audience for giving me the the joy to share and to teach. I love it more than my... It's the most fun I can have with my clothes on, I would (laughs) say. (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Top Business Leaders, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.